Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a great week here. Guess what it is? It's July 4th, 1998. <laughs> Happy 4th of July, everybody. 4th of July. You know what? You know, we do fireworks for 4th of July. You guys ready? Oh, my God. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I should have I should have gotten the recording of fireworks. I need to hide that tape from you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Speaking of things we need to hide from, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> okay. Are you familiar with Joseph Piscopo? I recognize the name, but I don't know why. So Joe Piscopo was one of two people that absolutely saved Saturday Night Live in the mid eighties. Okay. The other became a little more famous. His name is Edward Murphy. You may have heard of him. Eddie, mm. Mur- Eddie Oh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> of course. If not for any time somebody makes a list of like, hey, who's the greatest Saturday Night Live cast member of all time? Is it is it Bill Murray? Is it Chevy Chase? Is it is it is it? Dana Carvey is it fucking no. Mike Myers you know like anytime somebody goes through like a list and everything to me the list must begin and end at number one with Eddie Murphy yeah and to a lesser I would put Joe Piscopo up as far his post Saturday Live career is awful but this Saturday Night Live it's seriously he and Eddie Murphy were the only two people to survive. I think it was 80, I want to say it was 83, 83 season. They were the only two cast members to survive. They fired everyone else. Oh, wow. They fired the producers. <laughs> that like Saturday Night Live was I- I very close to being canceled. Huh. Because, um, I mean, it's go- been going on for a while now. But remember, it had been on the air for like, I don't know, 10, 10 years or so at that time. And like close to that. No one thought like, oh, variety show that's going to go on for twenty five years. Like, no, right, one, no right. one thought that at the time. So they were very close to being canceled. Viewership was down, and Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo starred in essentially almost every sketch <laughs> that they did every night. Wow! And they were both so good. They're literally the only reason the show's still on the air. So to me, you have you have to start and end the list with Eddie Murphy because. The show wouldn't exist without him. He literally saved. Um, anyway, though. What about Joe Piscopo? Joe Piscopo is going to be at Meadowbrook Music Festival oh. on Walton Boulevard in Rochester Hills. But he's not a musician. $10 or $20 for tickets, everybody. Uh, comedian and New Jersey native Joe Piscopo is concerned about how audiences will react to his doing Frank Sinatra impressions. Oh, my. So soon after Sinatra's death, he famously did Sinatra impressions on Saturday Night Live. Okay. So that's why he fits into the music festival. It broke my heart, he says, <laughs> of the passing of his New Jersey ring-a-ding hero. Uh, Sinatra was also born in New Jersey, Hoboken. Uh, he was always so nice to me and respectful to me. 
and always the groovy, cool guy when he talked to me. That's a <laughs> really horrible Joe Pisco impression, but anyway. Uh, so, Joe Piscopo, basically I just I just brought up that because I wanted to I wanted to mention uh, about the Saturday Night Live thing. Cause, and because, you know, you love Frank Sinatra. Well, yeah. So, there's that. Groovy, yeah. Kenny, the, you make me feel so young. Uh, I can't, like I told you before, I'm not a, I don't do a good Sinatra. I do a good Dean Martin, but I don't do a good Sinatra. I can only do the one little corner mm-hmm. would be enough to see me through. Um, however, moving into more music. Mmm-bop, Carol. Mmm-bop. Mmm-bop. When, when I say mmm-bop, you've got to think of those uh, gorgeous uh, Hanson sisters, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the women of Hanson. Right, the, the long-haired little dudes. Yeah. Yeah. The Hanson brothers. <laughs> so, can Hanson come out and play is the, the witty title. Are you fucking from. kidding me? Teen Idols Tour is putting their live performance skills to the test. So, essentially now, we're judging Taylor, Zach, with no K, and Mike, Mike Hansen, uh, <laughs> on whether or not they can perform live. They're fucking kids. They're fucking kids with, a, a, like, a, a happy song. But if you think about that song, by the way, mm-hmm. it's kind of fucking dark. Why? That song. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about the lyrics to that song? No. <laughs> no, I really, I mean, like, it's like, it's just fun. It's just mbop. I mean, like, I never really paid attention beyond that. What am I missing? So, it starts, you have so many relationships in this life, only one or two will last. You go through all the pain and strife, then you turn your back and they're gone so fast. Wow. So hold on to the ones who really care. In the end, they'll be the only ones there. And when you get old and start losing your hair, can you tell me who will care? And then it goes into umbop. What the fuck? It's not. That's not. Does not fit. It does not fit at all. <laughs> I mean, like, I literally don't think I ever listened before they started doing umbop. But shit. So the song starts with a fucking Nietzsche novel. I'm going to have an existential crisis now. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, Hanson? <laughs> and they're, they're little kids. Right. I don't think they wrote that song. I oh, no. For sure. I think some fucking <laughs> miserable middle-aged fuck wrote that song and yeah. was like, what's three fucking Mormons I can trick into doing this? Uh, but speaking of tricking, hot actress complains of stereotyping. Okay. I like that they call her hot, though. But it's not hot in the way you would think. No, no, no worries about stereotyping there. The first thing Jennifer Lopez wants you to know is that just because her career is on a meteoric rise doesn't mean Hollywood has put out the welcome mat for Hispanic actors. It hasn't stopped being an issue, says Lopez, a Bronx native of... Uh, let me do Jennifer Lopez's voice. It haven't stopped being an issue. What the fuck? Is she a 40-year-old smoking dude? A Bronx native of Puerto Rican descent. I'm still looking at the Latina actress. Oh, stop it. 
there are directors who won't see me because they say she's too this or too that. But what they really mean is she's too Latin. Her last name is Lopez. I don't care what she looks like or how she acts or anything. That's always going to exist, and it's something you're just going to have to battle with. Lopez apparently is winning the war, the 27-year-old actress who got her first break as a dancer in In Living Color has become Hollywood's fastest rising starlet in part due to her exotic bombshell looks. Yeah, she is pretty. Sure. And Latin. (laughs) Yes, she has mentioned that. I... Do you think that... I don't know. It's So is there discrimination against Latinos in Hollywood? Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought about it to be completely honest with you. But I am willing to open myself up to the possibility that that is the case. However, I don't think Jennifer Lopez is dealing with it. How, who are you to speak to her life experience? I'm just saying she's in hit movie after hit movie. She's hot and a lot of people think that. Like, no one's thinking, like, oh, she's hot for a Latina. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I, I mean, know. I don't know. I think Latinas are hotter than a lot of other people, but... She has a lot of... Well, really? Like, who? What what, la, what Latinos are hotter than me? No, I said Latinas. Oh, uh, what Latinas are hotter than me? <laughs> um, but anyway, what I'm saying is, is that she has a lot of genetic advantages already. Like, being a Latina, I guess, might be a disadvantage for her. But she has a lot of genetic advantages that make up for Because she's got a nice body? Is that what you're trying to say? That that makes up for discrimination? It does not. And it brings its own discrimination. Trust me. But I'm saying... Yeah, I know you know. But I'm saying that... I'm saying that... I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, I think she has advantages over people. I love I think, you. I think that I think that somebody who is not attractive and is trying to become an actress would see that and be like, "Yeah, it's really fucking hard to be you, Jennifer Lopez." I don't know. I just I I love you, and I don't mean to be mean, but I feel like you're really talking like a uh, privileged white dude right now, and you shouldn't probably speak against what. You know, somebody saying they go through when you have no idea. Okay. I guess that's probably true. It, it is. I'm just saying, I don't... You don't understand what I'm saying? I get you're pushing back on what I'm saying, and that's good. But you don't, you don't understand... You don't understand... I understand that of, she's successful. And part of the reason she's successful is because she's pretty. Pretty people have easier... A easier path in life, in general. Okay, sure, but we're not talking about whether or not she's discriminated against because she's pretty. She's talking about being discriminated against because of her race, which I'm sure that has been a barrier for her. Now, yeah, she might be. I mean, she obviously is talented enough to have succeeded past that. Sure. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a struggle there for her to have to get through. I'm not saying that she wasn't. I'm not saying she didn't struggle. But I mean, that's what she's talking about. Yeah, I understand. But I'm saying that an unattractive Latina, if such a thing even exists, right, would have a harder time. Than of her. course, nobody disputes that. Okay. Okay. 
1994 at AOL. <laughs> you can send your letters. Let him know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I'm all for people being treated equally. I'm just saying she's she also has advantages. She might she might think that being Latina is a disadvantage, but she also has advantages as well. So I think it balances out. Uh you had to have the last word even though it makes you sound like a dick. I know. Whatever. I sound like a dick. Whatever. Uh how about three for the fourth, Carol? Hmm. How about Leanne Rhymes? What about her? How about Chumbawamba? I like that song, right? Or that the band you get, name? You get knocked down. Chumbawamba is the band name. Oh. <laughs> the song is Tub Thumping. Yeah, Tub Thumping. I'll get knocked down and I'll get up again. I love it. Never ever going to keep me down. What do you think that song is talking about? Like, like every time I, I hear it, because you can't really understand much about it except that line you just said, but the name is Tub Thumping, and it makes me think of like the time that I threw a party. And we just filled the tub with ice, and everybody just put their drinks in the tub. That's yeah. probably it's probably what it's, talk, what it's talking about. Yeah, it's about like a party, you know, drinking a whiskey drink and a vodka right. drink, and a, you know, whatever. But I mean, the tub thumping part. Do you think that they also use their bathtub as a freezer? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I know someone that that th- that literally, legitimately thought the lyrics to the song was "I get no help from the elephants." What? <laughs> What is wrong with people? Oh my uh, god! Uh, what <laughs> what kind of help is the elephant going to give you? <laughs> well, I get no help from the elephants. Um, <laughs> Save me, elephant man! <laughs> What's I, what I think is funny, and hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, for Chumbawamba, they they have some more success with other songs. But what I think is funny is they're like. Um, they're like a activist band. Oh, really? Like, they sing about issues and shit like that. And this one, like, just fucking mindless song, that's the one that, <laughs> that is rocketed to number one. It's because people want to have fun. They don't want to think. I thought only girls wanted to have fun. Uh, if you'd rather feed your ears than your mouth this Independence Day, put down the corn on the cob, back away from the grill. And head out to catch some sounds. Here are some of the musical fireworks that will have folks ooing and eyeing this holiday weekend. Now I want corn on the cob. I'll give you a corn I'm on the cob. I'm sad. Leanne Rhymes, along with Shania Twain's cross-country jaunt, which brings her to Pine Knob on July 21st. This tour comes at a key time for country music. Both acts are crossing over onto the top 40 charts but that has less to do with a newfound tolerance from pop programmers than the artist's own musical changes. They've detwanged their sounds, opting for an approach that's starting to resemble the polished adult contemporary works of folks like Celine Dion. You're familiar with Shania. I know you. I know you know Leanne Rhymes. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then Chumbawamba's coming, Fourth of July celebration. Do you want to go see him? Yeah. Even though we only know the one song. But it'll be fun. Eh, I guess. You know that you sound like an old dude right now? If like we get some... Well, beyond you Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> if we always get some... If we get some help from the elephants, I guess we can go. <laughs> okay. Now, Carol. Yes, Mark. 
before we talk about the end of the world, mm-hmm. potentially the end of the world, in Armageddon, no spoilers. Does the world end? We don't know. <laughs> uh, I thought it's time. You know what time it is. Mm, this, no. there's, a, there's, a, there's a deep romance at the heart of this movie. Oh, okay. It's the romance between Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis. <laughs> and they do say they love each other. Um, comes out of nowhere. Uh, but I thought it does not. I thought it's time for massive love, Carol. All right, let's do it. Okay. Absolutely convinced. Single white male, talented, sharing, seeks lady with love and a good heart. What's he convinced of? Age weight opened. I don't know. Absolutely convinced, single white male. Of what? I, I, I don't know. I'm so like I'm tempted just to, to, to call just to find out what the fuck he's talking about. What are you convinced about? <laughs> that you're gonna get a date? Because don't I don't think so. Yeah, not with that bad. Adventurous married couple. White male, thirty five, six five, three hundred pounds. Big dude. Very big. Like maybe not even fat, depending on how much muscle he has. But 6'5", 300 pounds, I mean, just a fucking mountain dude. A white female, 35, same age, 5'6", 125 pounds. Okay. Very big difference. Right. Looking for a bi white female, 30 to 40, to be a gift for husbands. Oh, my. Must be discreet. What do you think about that? A gift? They don't want to be clean and discreet, just discreet? What dirty fuckers. <laughs> Literally. Uh, what, what do you think about that, though? I think that's fucked up. A gift for the husband? Like, like they're a person. You, you don't give a person as a gift. Well, apparently she does. <laughs> Tell you what, though. I will give a gift to this couple, though. Well, I'll give a gift what, to... What, me? Because you can't give me as a gift. No, either. no, no. <laughs> I'll give a gift to the wife. Okay. Wife of the year, right? <sighs> a mug that says wife of the year. Really? For the husband? I mean, come on. Hmm, that's your idea of a great wife and we're getting married. That's concerning. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not winning the Wife of the Year award. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Just keeping it out there. <laughs> I still have options, you know. Fuck uh, you. APM, you know what that stands for? Uh, no. Anti-post-meridian somehow. It's, <laughs> what? It's both. No, I think it's Asian professional male. Okay. 40, seeks female with an open mind to share a dream, to break away traditional lifestyle, to taste the sweetness in human nature. What? What the fuck? I feel like this is the article that, or the the ad that a serial killer puts out. Right? It puts the lotion on its skin or else it doesn't taste the human nature. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these uh, yeah, these ads make you wonder about people and the world and mm-hmm. why. Just why. Are you bored? Yes. Open-minded, adventurous, and sexy? Yes. If so, try this married white male. No. 5'10", 185 pounds. Brown slash blue. Let me show you a good time. You're an asshole. That that's what I have to say. Aw, come on, another married dude looking to cheat. Oh yeah, 
It's a cliche. That's true. You should you should get your wife to give you a gift. There you go. Yeah, go find this guy's wife. <laughs> this one is this one will seem straightforward, but I like this one. Black couple. He's straight, she's bi curious, both mature, clean, seeking couple for relationship. I like this one because it sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> like the like the beginning of a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> He's straight. She's bi-curious. Both mature and clean. It's black couple. Do 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're looking for a full relationship with another couple. They're not just looking it? for sex. Yeah, that's interesting. Like uh, a joint relationship. How do you raise your kids? That sounds so complicated. I, like I hope there Mormon, are no children. It's like a Mormon relationship, <laughs> right? Boating anyone? No. Married, black male, very handsome, 6 feet, 185 pounds, seeks married female for fun in the sun. If you're into discreet boating, call me. Did I mention I own a boat? (laughs) (laughs) It's like he couldn't have put the word boat in there more. He's slaving over this head. How many times can I put, before it sounds obnoxious, how many times can I mention my boat? Wow. Okay, so he wants some married woman to go out with him in his boat and yeah. fuck and he thinks that's going to be discreet like yeah, you're going to see other rich douches with boats while you're out there right well so the thing is is he so he takes her out on the boat and sex is implied but, you know because of the implication right <laughs> boy toy white male it's Shawn Michaels uh, <laughs> 50 slender attractive sensual who loves to please Seeks assertive female for discreet, satisfying relationship. He wants an assertive female. There's a a lot of uh, words in there that just seem like he's just trying to punish. I don't know. The yeah, probably. But it also the the it reads like patchouli oil somehow. You know, (laughs) I don't know. It's just (laughs) it has this. I can. I can see him uh, penning this as he hacky sacks. <laughs> it just has a heaviness to it. I don't know. He's got one of those those beanies. <laughs> fucking beaded beanies. You know, right. You know yes. what I mean. Yes. Oh, my God. Mbop. <laughs> Hold on to people, you know, because fucking a lot of them will just leave you. Sounds like <laughs> it. Anyway, speaking of leaving... Uh, in On a jet plane. Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people leave Earth to go to an asteroid. So I'm assuming if you're listening, you've seen the movie. I'm also assuming if you're listening to our show, you watched or at least heard our talk the first time we did this movie when they called it Deep, Deep Impact. Impact, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think this is better. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yes, I enjoyed this more. No. Like, de- it's more enjoyable. Yeah. It's to a, me, that's better. It's a more fun time. Mm-hmm. It's a worse movie. Right. Okay, fine. Quality wise, yeah, it's probably not going to win awards, but <laughs> Deep Impact. No, it's not. Deep Impact is, you know, better in that way. But it was so much more fun to watch. And, yeah. And it leaves you feeling happy not like you want to go home and cry and like there's all the pretty people and not pretty people that are funny and it's it has a happier ending um there's more humor in 
this than than Deep Impact, the movie where a father and daughter reconcile (laughs) their relationship as a tidal wave murders them. Right. Yeah. The so Deep Impact has a scene with a mom thinking that uh, her daughter's being ripped out of her hands. Okay, let's not relive the horror. And this movie has Owen Wilson talking about uh, how, uh, yeah, worst case scenario. That's all you have to say. Um, no, yeah. this. What's Steve the name Bush, of the big black guy? Steve uh, Michael Clark Duncan. So no, this movie has Michael Clark Duncan dancing in a speedo on a gurney. Yeah, exactly. I this, love it. This movie. Did you like that? Well, no, not like that. <laughs> But it was funny. This movie has Steve Buscemi getting uh, space dementia. <laughs> Is that a thing? No. Come, <laughs> come on. They said it None like of it, the things. They, they said it so seriously. Yes. Like, it's just like, oh, of course, it's space William dementia. William Fisher. It's a thing that happens. The shit would have fucking Oscar for that line delivery. <laughs> the fact that he didn't laugh in the middle of it. But they got a take of him saying it seriously. Um, so... Here's what I'm going to say. Probably during this discussion, I'm going to talk about some logical inconsistencies with this movie. Sure. Because that's part of what we do. And I'm going to talk about some stuff that didn't make sense. While I'm doing that, think back to what I'm about to say. I am fully aware that this is a big, dumb, action popcorn movie. And... The the things that it the things about it that don't make sense don't matter at all. In the grand it's it's something interesting to talk about for us, but in the grand scheme of the actual making of this movie, it really doesn't matter. I'm well aware of that. This movie succeeds probably as much as it could at being exactly what it wants to be. Yeah. Which is a big, dumb, popcorn action movie. Which is fine. I loved every fucking minute of it. And I enjoyed the movie, too. I liked the movie, too. I didn't hate the movie. I can just recognize it's not a good movie. I mean, it's it's not a good... We'll talk about it. There are parts of this movie that are actually well made. There are some things in this movie that it's like, this is schlock. But schlock's good sometimes. Schlock's fun sometimes, you know. I, I don't I don't dislike schlock. <sighs> so, let's get into it. So, the thing that I liked the most about this movie... Yes. ...was Liv Tyler. Oh, I'm sure you did. No, I mean, she's just so pretty. She's yeah. just, like, startlingly pretty. Like, every time they do a close-up of her, it just... She should be a painting. <laughs> I don't know. She's just... I literally think she might be one of the prettiest people in the whole world. She's a decent actress, too. Yeah. Uh, she's good in the movie. Mm-hmm. So one of the strengths of this movie is its cast. Yeah, Bruce, for sure. Bruce Willis, who, let's be honest, can sometimes phone it in, uh, is excellent in this movie. Yes. Um, ben Affleck... From Goodwill Hunting, yeah, is is very good in the movie. Uh, Liv Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton, Steve Buscemi, even um, uh, Peter Stormare. 
who is the Russian dude, also from, oh, yeah. also was in Fargo, is funny in this movie. Mm-hmm. The the comic relief does exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh, like you mentioned, Michael Clark Duncan, that the giant <laughs> uh, dude, um, Owen Wilson, very funny in this movie, with you know just a l- few lines funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it all works. Like the cast works very well together. Yes. Um, the the biggest thing is so the plot of the movie for those of you who are psychopaths and listening to us talk about it without watching it. An asteroid's coming to hit Earth. They have 17 days to stop it. Right. And their only plan is to implant explosives inside of it to blow it apart, which makes some kind of sense. Yeah. Um, this thing's huge. The it, size of Texas, they size say. size of Texas. So... So a thousand plus miles, right across. How did they not see it? I they 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 tried it. So there's two big problems with the movie. Logically, they try to hand wave it away. Oh, we only have the budget to look at three percent of space. Okay, are you saying that you picked three <laughs> percent? And then looked all the way down as far as you could in that 3% and didn't look left or right ever. I assume 3% means in all directions, maybe like to, to Pluto. You know, like that's probably 3%. They didn't see this thing before it got to like fucking Mars? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Agreed. They should have seen it. They also, spoilers, blow the asteroid up and save the day. When it's like past the moon, it wasn't past the moon. It was. It had passed, they slingshotted around the moon to get to it. Oh, so it was yeah. between the Earth and the moon, which is very close. Well, they were supposed to land on it while it was like next to the moon. And you're telling me that none of none of these like none of this debris made any impact, didn't do any additional damage, other than. The, what I think is hilarious is there's rogue pieces of this asteroid like shooting off of it. So anytime they're in need of an action scene, <laughs> they can just destroy a famous landmark. Right. It's ridiculous. They start with they start with um, New York City, New York City, and they destroy uh, the Empire State Building and the World Trade Center, uh, and then they destroy Shanghai, I think, or Hong Kong, one of the two, uh, and then they destroy Paris. And what's funny is, it, it, they seem like, oh, we're keeping it quiet after all the asteroids hit New York City. No one's asking any questions. Where'd all that shit come from? Right. Is there any other danger? No one else. Like, if it's in our solar system, other people should be able to see it. But, like, just amateur people have telescopes powerful enough to see it. What they said, that there's only three telescopes in the world that could see it, and they were in control of two of them, and the one that had the other one was the guy with the chicken pot pie, I assume. Yeah, who named it after his wife. <laughs> but that's bullshit, because there are just amateurs that can see things farther away than that. Yeah. So, and this thing's a thousand miles wide. That's huge! <laughs> the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was six miles across. which wow. is Which is enormous. But this is, like, way bigger. Yeah. 
It kind of seems unbelievable to you that blowing it up would save us. Oh, it just it blew it up and it blew it into two chunks that both just went around perfectly. The earth. Yeah, and that was fine. And what's going to happen to them? Are they going to go around the sun? Are they going to come back? They're just going to burn up. Armageddon too. It's just like they're coming back, <laughs> and now they're pissed. <laughs> Oh, this wow. time we've got to destroy two asteroids. Oh, fucking Michael Bay. Hire me to write this screenplay. <laughs> I could write a fucking turkey for you. Um, anyway, so the other thing is, the other big logical hurdle to get over, and the only reason I mention this is because these are two things I thought while I'm watching the movie. So if I'm thinking it while I'm watching the movie, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a fundamental flaw with the film, I believe. Okay. Because it's part of the actual fundamentals of the plot. How is it easier to take drillers and in a couple weeks teach them how to be astronauts and not die or kill each other with space dementia <laughs> than it is to teach astronauts who have trained for many years how to drill? Well, okay, but here's the thing. Didn't they send a team of astronauts and a team of drillers together to work on this? Well, yeah, they sent the astronauts, I guess, to... Do, well, they sent the pilots. So the... the I Basically, what I think it was is to, like, uh, a set of three. So uh, pilot, co-pilot, navigation kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Three astronauts on either side, and the rest, I believe, were drillers. Mission specialists or right. whatever. Which makes sense. You've got the people to do the space stuff and the people to do the drilling. You need both. I guess, but it seems like, okay, they know how to drill, sure. But working in a weightless environment, uh, you know, working with, like, you know, much less gravity than they're used to, uh, it just moving around in, in the ship and stuff like that, like, there's a lot of nuance, I think, to being a uh, an astronaut. I don't know. I, I mean, it's. I suppose I can buy it. It's very borderline, but I I guess I get it. And they run into enough problems on the asteroid that I'm like, yeah, fucking astronauts probably wouldn't know what to do in this situation, <laughs> right? Because they make it very clear. It's not just drilling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, like, put a fucking drill on the ground and... Like, there's a lot more to it than that. Right. Yeah, all these guys that do the drilling are smart guys with, like, you know... Some of them have even, like, science degrees and well, stuff. Steve Buscemi's and... a genius, apparently. That right. comes up at one point. Yeah, he's like, eh, I like it because the pay's good. And all it's like, right. what? And I can have sex with underage women and no one finds me because I'm on a... a a golf thing in the or the uh, an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico. What was up with all those pedophile uh, jokes? Like I didn't know age. Now she said he taught her how to use a tampon. Yeah, and he's like, I didn't teach her or I didn't show her. I just told her right, something. Right, 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 right. And then later, when the when the uh, government comes, he's like, I swear I didn't know her age. Was he talking about his daughter? Was he talking about somebody else? I think he was talking about somebody else. Okay, well that's slightly less creepy. I think it's more creepy because he's talking about being uh, intimate with, like, he probably fucked uh, an underage girl. I don't know. There were there were a few 
there was probably one or two too many pedophile jokes in this movie, and I was like, this is this is kind of creepy, actually. Yeah, it's weird to me that he had his little daughter on the oil rig because she was an adult when the movie's on. But they're talking about she's been there since you know she got her first period. She's yeah. been hanging out on she's oil like rigs. Twelve years old, yeah. right? That's not cool. And I, I can't imagine that the guy that she's with, that Ben Affleck's character, is the AJ. only guy that she's ever, uh, you know. Really? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know. That seems uh, just, like, not a great idea. Yeah. Having a young woman in that situation. But her role was to please the uh, the Japanese investors. <laughs> That was her role in the business. Right. To speak Japanese and go, konnichiwa, or whatever, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? She she does seem to be, like, maybe public relations, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe she got onto the shore sometimes. Seems like after uh, they, well, I mean, it was almost immediate after, I guess, after they got to whisked off by the helicopter, everyone goes their separate ways. <laughs> Real quick. Well, he said, get them paid and get them off the rig. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they started... Going to bars, hitting on married women, and, and you know, whatever. It's weird to me, too. They struck oil, which is, like, the whole point, right? Right. And then he's like, just get him off the rig now. Like, isn't there more to do after you strike oil? Yeah, what happens after you strike oil? Do you just, can you now just fit a pipe to it? And it's like, okay, it's just going to pump now. We don't need to, to monitor it anymore. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea how to drill for oil <laughs> in the Gulf of Mexico, and I hope I never do. And also, they don't seem like rich people, and yet no. they're talking about it's like millions of dollars, and he owns it. And Well, I think he's got money. He seems like he's got money in that kind of I'm a working class guy that's got money way. So it's like he doesn't spend it in the ways like a, a fancy lad would spend it. <laughs> But he spends it like how a... Like, he's got a really nice truck, you know, and stuff like that or whatever. Sure. Okay. Like, I, that's... I, Bruce Willis strikes me as that. The rest of the guys are hired people. So it's like, you know, according to Buscemi, the money's good. I, I don't know how good. Well, yeah, I've heard the money is good because, you know, they're they're off for months. Yeah. They're just stuck on those things. I mean, he's a, he, he had enough good credit to take a $100,000 loan from that's a true. loan shark. But yeah, from a loan shark, not, I'll bet not you, a b- bank. I'll bet you I couldn't go to a loan shark and get a hundred grand, though. Right. You know what I mean? He's going to have a hell of a time, though, because he thought he was going to die. Like, oh, yeah. is he really going to be able to pay that shit back? I don't know. How much did he spend? Who knows? He, I mean, he spent a bunch of money on that stripper, I, I, you know. Right. Which was another part of the movie that was that was unnecessary. I, this movie was kind of long. That's it was. My, that's my one legitimate movie criticism with the movie. It was kind of long. And the reason it was kind of long is because the movie had time for stuff like they go to a strip club and get harassed by other patrons at the strip club because they're hogging all the girls, <laughs> which is a weird, a weird conflict. Yeah. Yeah. The movie did meander a bit. And then they get arrested and nothing ever comes of that. It doesn't affect the mission in any way. We don't see them get bailed out of jail. It's just completely dropped. Yeah. I have no doubt that Michael Bay probably filmed the scene where, like, they broke out of jail or something. Who the fuck knows? And they had to cut it because the movie was four hours long. I am sure they did not break out of jail. They, I mean, they just, you know, the government needed them. They just got them back. Yeah, but though, so them getting arrested 
meaningless. Yeah, it was just supposed to be fun. It was funny. also meaningless that that Steve Buscemi's stripper girlfriend now, like I guess it's his girlfriend now, I guess. Uh, is just there waiting for him when he gets out of the shuttle. Which, yeah, that's stupid. There's no way that that would actually happen. But the movie succeeds in a lot of ways. It's a great action movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of very good action. We watched another Michael Bay movie. We watched, um, actually I think we watched two. We watched The Rock. Welcome to The Rock, everyone. <laughs> I'm kind of playing James Bond. Welcome yeah, to The Rock. Yeah, it was a good one. And uh, we watched Bad Boys. What are you going to do? Yeah, not as good. No. But he directed both those films. Um, but I don't, do you have anything else to say about it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll talk. <laughs> so I'm out of things to say. I how like can you the- be out of things to say? Okay, right, so like, there's the whole, like, the way the movie ends and the scene sure. where, like... Um, Bruce Willis's character takes his Harry. Yeah, Harry takes uh, his daughter's boyfriend, fiance, I guess, down to his death, and then instead sacrifices himself and you know saves him, which was very touching. And like, I don't know, what did you think about that? All that relationship stuff. So I think that first of all, I think that if the movie is being told to us. You know, even by, like, multiple sources. You know what I mean? Like, just different people are, are like, chipping in. Uh, oh, this happened, too, and this happened. And then, like, if we imagine that this is a real-life event that took place, and we're getting the movies being pieced together from different eyewitness accounts, right? Okay. Obviously, Harry's eyewitness account doesn't exist, because he died. Right. So he couldn't tell anybody. So that whole part where he was, this is what I was thinking the whole time, when AJ's like, Harry, no, you know, and everything, he's going to sacrifice himself. He's like, uh, I couldn't imagine a, a better man for my daughter. I love you, AJ, and everything, which seemed like a huge turnaround and everything. I've always looked at you as a son, he said. I'm thinking, like, yeah, AJ's just like, and then he said, uh, you're the best for my daughter, and I always looked at you as a son. And he's just he's just coming up with stuff, and they're like, oh, nice, nice. That was nice of him. <laughs> It is weird. It is kind of weird because the movie actually kind of starts with uh, him trying to kill AJ. Yeah, with a he, shotgun. Because he finds him in bed with his daughter. And I guess it's supposed to be a joke. And everyone on the thing treats it like a joke. And even mm-hmm. Ben Affleck's like, hey, it was funny at first, but it's getting serious now. Yeah. And it's like, I, how is this funny? It was funny to me. But if this was happening in real life, how would it be funny? Yeah, I guess He's it shooting a shotgun on a fucking oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> and he's just, he's precise enough with a shotgun that he's not going to hit him. And he knows it. And he hits him in the leg. Well, he didn't hit him. With a shot. It, 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 you know, bounced off the, he, he hit his ship or his rig or whatever and injured the rig. I, I don't think that that was smart. Cause, right. You know. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he goes from trying to kill him to being like, yeah, you can marry my daughter. But I think that he, I don't know, either he always did feel that way or maybe it turned around. I don't know. I mean, they, they, they have a bit, their their characters have a bit of an arc towards each other, I guess, mm-hmm. where he starts to trust him and everything. And he's like, hey, you know, I trust your gut, AJ. The fate of the world's in your hands. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know I can do it, and he does it. I mean, even immediately when he, he's like, there's only one other guy I would trust to run the rig, and he got him back. So, yeah. yeah. 
I don't from know. the successful company that he started on his own in the nine hours since he was at NASA. <laughs> that was stupid. Do you think that's really what he was saying? I don't know. Did he always own that company? Was that like, did he work for Harry because his company is young and still up and coming and he's not making a ton of money off of it? I don't know. There was really no explanation given. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, is that plausible? Maybe. But like, that's not, I shouldn't have to write part of the screen. <laughs> right. And he seems a little too young to own his own oil rig. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But um, I don't know. And what about the scene with the animal crackers? <laughs> that was some weird stuff. That was weird. <laughs> it was cute, though. I mean, like, it, it I flushed out their characters. It gave them personality. He, yeah. <laughs> we know that Ben Affleck thinks long and hard about the names of snacks. <laughs> you know, Teddy Grahams are really... Um, but, I mean, I guess I guess to his point, I they really aren't crackers. No, they're cookies, for they're sure. They're animal cookies. For sure. Because I wouldn't put a piece of cheese on an animal cracker. What do you think of the song? The Animal Crackers theme song? No. <laughs> the movie's theme song. Oh. The Aerosmith song. It's 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 fine. It's 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 everywhere and it, I like it, but it's driving me I crazy. Don't close my eyes. Can't go anywhere. Can't turn on the radio without hearing the song. This is what I want to know. Did they cast Liv Tyler? And then when they were thinking about the scre- the uh, soundtrack, uh, Liv Tyler was like, I know who you should get. My dad. <laughs> or did they contact Aerosmith and Aerosmith's like, yeah, we'll do the song, but my daughter's got to be in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You know, however Steven Tyler talks, you know. Right. I'm sure he sounds just like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's a good question. But, I mean, I would hope that they cast Liv Tyler before contacting Aerosmith. Well, they did a good job casting Liv Tyler. Yeah. I, I agree. I believe her, her full name is Livabeth Tyler. You're just making that shit up. <laughs> you love making shit up. Uh, I do. I do. All right, now I feel like maybe we've talked about, we've it, talked enough. about it enough. Yeah, I just I wanted to things. talk about the relationship shit. Okay, well, if you want to talk about the relationship stuff, do I? So we don't get a ton of it. Like we know that if you're talking about, I mean, like I said, the joke I made about the love story, but the bait and switch between, between yeah. AJ and Bruce Willis. There's more between those two characters and their relationship than there is between Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. Yeah. They we know that they love each other. They want to get married and everything. Though they have two cute scenes together: the animal cookie scene, and then when he starts terribly singing, <laughs> yeah. leaving uh, Peter Paul and Mary's leaving on a jet plane, and then they all sing, and it's awesome. That was one of yeah. my favorite scenes. And that like that's that's cute, but other than that, we don't get like their relationship is established. It doesn't grow or change really. It's already established at the beginning of the movie, and it's strong at the beginning of the movie. They've only been together five months, though. That's not that long. Apparently, it's long enough. They're getting married. Right. Well... And he's a fucking hero. I feel like, though, they probably were together. Like, not in a relationship, but, like, knew each other, you know, for a long time. Friends first, yeah. Yeah. Since she was 13 or whatever. 
And he was also 13. Why, why are we saying that? Well, because, because that's what they said. She's been on the boat or whatever since she was 13. And uh, Harry says he's the only one in your age class or whatever. <laughs> so I assume he's close to her age. Yeah. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. She's, she's over 18. Yeah. She's probably like 19 or 20. And he's probably like 22. 22 yeah. 23. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can stop. We can say good night. All right. Well, happy I, 4th of July. It was a good movie. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I would recommend it. Go yes. see it. It's turn your brain off. It's it's not <laughs> like it's not a movie where it's like you got to think really hard about anything, and it's not like oh let me there's there's there is one scene where on the where they're on the space station. It's a, like a long continuous shot as they're running through uh, very tight corridors and everything. It's it's tense. It's well filmed. It's very good. Um, and a lot of the special effects are very good. The explosions and everything mm-hmm. are very good. But um, it's Michael Bay. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good movie. It's a good movie. But you ha- be prepared for what it is. It's a it's a popcorn movie. All right. So you can write us at latefee1994awl.com. Mm-hmm. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yep. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.